Good afternoon, HOD Podcast family. I feel like you guys might have missed me a little bit. And uh, we definitely missed you all. I hope and pray that you all are doing well. Uh, Pray that uh, God is continuing to keep you. As we all know that he is more than capable and able to do. Uh, We've been out for the last few weeks. And uh, felt the need to bring another podcast to to the people so hopefully you all will listen and enjoy um church will be back up and running once again on next sunday uh the fourth sunday of august beginning at 10 a.m still at 3039 thoroughfare road Um, All are more than welcome to come and enjoy Jesus with us, Uh, but we are going to try to bring you a little something on today. Um, We definitely want everyone to uh, just be mindful to pray for all of our saints, friends, and family. Um, Special prayer request this week for our uh, loved one, Matilda Ward who is currently battling with uh, COVID-19. We just want to ask everyone to just continue to keep her in your prayers. Uh, She is uh, as upbeat as we can expect her to be, uh, but we definitely still want to continue to keep her in our prayers as well as everyone else. Uh, But we're going to jump right into this podcast, and we hope that you all enjoy.
verse 19 is really the key verse. It says that Abraham reasoned, reasoned. Let the church say reasoned. In other words, Abraham thought through this thing and came to the conclusion based on thinking that God could even raise his son from the dead. Judge Drake, Brother Drake, so good to see you all. Good to see you, Judge. Bless God. She, you know, we had a little accident, but in church this morning, we bless God for both of them. Come on, y'all help me thank God for them this morning being in church. I understand Trustee Jones is home. Is that right? Is that the word that somebody just brought me? Trustee Jones is home, so we thank God he's home at the hospital. Amen. I want to preach this morning as a spiritual guide with this thought in our minds. Think your way through it. Think your way through it. I just, I just finished reading a, a polemic work by a Canadian theologian entitled The Decline of African American Theology. And in the book, the author suggests that theology in the modern day black church has become so diluted that we no longer know what we believe. It is his assessment, and I've come into agreement with him, that much of the modern church majors on emotionalism, abdicating the responsibility of intellectualism. In other words, much of what we do in church today is centered on soliciting certain feelings from people. I mean, we, we, don't, we don't do much thinking. And as a result, we walk out of the worship experience feeling good. But when asked what happened in the service, we can't tell anybody. Because all we walked away with was a feeling but no thought. When you read the Bible, you will discover that by and large, the move of God is not about getting us to respond off of our feelings, but based on our thinking. The prodigal son, for instance, after messing up all of his money on his feelings, finally started to do some thinking. And it was his thinking that brought him to the reality of who he was and pushed him to go home. The woman with the issue of blood had every reason to give up and wait to die. She had gone to every doctor. She had spent all of her money at the doctors. President Obama's health care reform had not yet kicked in. And I'm quite sure that she felt like preparing to die. But the Bible says that she kept her resolve to push forward towards her healing in spite of it all because she thought to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment... I will be made whole. May I suggest to you today that God does not want us to simply be feelers. God wants us to be thinkers. And when we get to the height of our praise and our spiritual euphoria, God does not want our praise to be driven by the syncopation of the Hammond B3 organ. He wants it to be driven by thoughts of him that come through our head. We, isn't it amazing that we have the capacity to act creatively, to com comprehend complex theories, to deal with great theorems and mathematical problems. We have technological advances. We have the capacity to expand our lives through healthy living. We have built machines so that we can explore outer space. 
we go to the bottom of the ocean, we can find oil. We know how to go into the physical body, find what's wrong and fix it. We've developed waterways and superhighways. And yet with all of that, sometimes we still like, like we don't know how to think our way through some stuff. Now our thinking can be, and more often than not, is influenced by our feelings. So much of what it is you are thinking right now is in some way connected to what you've been through. You've been influenced by your parents, by your siblings, by your peers, by your social mores, by your cultural proclivities, and by what the media says you ought to think. Now, if we feel a certain way, then consequently we will think a certain way. Many of us, when we come into worship, it becomes very obvious how we will worship based off of how we are feeling. So that if you feel blessed, then you lift up holy hands in worship. But if you feel depressed or feel worried or feel tired or feel anxious, then you'll sit there with your arms folded, your legs crossed, your lips zipped, your eyes closed, checking your phone, ain't nobody calling you. And it's all based off of feelings. You've allowed your feelings to dictate your thinking. And all I want to tell you today is you can change your being if you can change your thinking. Now, I know some of you are probably wondering what all this has to do with the story of Abraham. Because from everything that we read, it would appear that his life and the blessings of his life came about because of the exercising of his faith. And that is true. But this one verse, verse 19 in the book of Hebrews, in the hallmark of faith, lets us know that on the process or in the process of faith, Abraham's faith had him doing and believing in many things that were characterized as impossible. We all know the story of Abraham being given the instructions to sacrifice Isaac. and We read that with paternal pain as he marches his only son up the mountain in the region of Moriah to follow the instructions of God. And y'all... Here was my question, if we were honest today. How could Abraham be so calm in the midst of such a challenging command? How in the world could Abraham be so calm and resolved when God is telling him to kill his only son? I mean, some have suggested that he had no problem with it because he was immersed in a culture that practiced child sacrifice. And so the killing of one's own child was something he was used to seeing. I don't agree with that. Others suggest that Abraham is so afraid of the wrath of God that he would rather lose his son than disobey God and keep his son alive. I don't necessarily agree with that. I want to suggest something that I saw in the book of Hebrews. The writer said that Abraham was at peace because he believed that God could raise his son from the dead if he died. But the word that got me was the word reasoned. Hmm. He thought this thing through. He, he, he went through a intellectual thinking process that partnered with his faith and came to a conclusion. Y'all ain't got to shout today, just listen. Um, he, he went through a thought process that brought with it a slew of emotions and reached a conclusion after thinking it through. I mean, y'all, let's be honest. He, he didn't want to kill his son. But at the same time, he didn't want to disobey God. So how do I not disobey God and not kill my son? And God 
has called many of us to do things we don't want to do. And the crucible we get caught in is how do I not do what I don't want to do and not disobey God? I don't want to love that neighbor. I don't want to stay in that ministry. I don't want to stay on that job. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And how do I stand obeying God and keeping my son? What do you do when God asks you to do crazy stuff? So after thinking through what he wanted, what he feared, and who he loved, he processed it and came to the conclusion of faith that he couldn't disobey God because God's been too good for him to just ignore what God is asking. So he goes, I believe, by faith into a thinking process and lets God sanctify his mind so that he comes to conclusions that everything is going to be all right. Now, now let me just... Let me just walk with you through this this morning because just a few principles I want to give you this morning to help you walk your way through because all of us in here are either facing or will face some commands from God we don't want to do. We will face some commands from God that sound crazy. I mean, how in the world do you give me a son? I just got him and now you want to snatch him from me. How, how do I just get on the job and they laying me off already? How am I in the prime of my life and they're telling me I have cancer that is untreatable? How does it seem like my marriage is going well and my husband walks in and tells me he doesn't want me any longer? How? Do you handle that kind of stuff? Let, let me give you some quick, some quick principles. Yeah, you know, y'all, you may not like some of these, you may step on your toes and all of that. Here's the first one. Faith welcomes tests. I know y'all weren't going like that. If we were to go back to the book of Genesis, uh, around chapter 22 or so, uh, where, where, where this whole incident happens, Here's how it opens up. After these things, God tested Abraham. Are, are, are you listening? Now, we've all been to school on some level. You know that you only give a test to somebody, watch this, to not only see if they know the facts, but a real test will determine if they know how to apply the facts that they've learned from the lesson. A real test ain't no multiple choice test. That ain't no test. That's memorization. A real test will cause you to have to write some stuff to show me you have applicable understanding to the knowledge you got. I, I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm going somewhere. Now, now that, 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 means, that means a few things. One, it means that Abraham should already possess what he needs to pass this test. When God tests you, he only tests you after he's taught you. Don't nobody want to say amen. Because testing, listen to me, 
is not learning time. Testing is revelation time. What do you mean? It's not to learn what you don't know, but a test is to reveal what you do know. Y'all ain't liking this. So when God tests you, just rely on the fact that he's already given you everything you need to pass the tests. I wish I had more folk that would shout on that. Would you just encourage your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God's not going to test you until he's taught you. Oh, that was awfully weak. Now, here's the other thing. A test is given so that you can move to the next level. <laughs> God help me in here. So that when God allows tests in your life, it's because he loves you so much that he doesn't want to see you stay where you are. God, a test from God is evidence that he loves you too much to let you stay on a level beneath the potential that's inside you. So that a test is not punishment. A test is a compliment that you are ready to go to the next level of maturity. See, I, I know this ain't, this ain't a good word for this modern day church because we'd rather be preaching about getting, you know, getting stuff and getting cars and running around the church about you got a new house and that was the evidence that God's ready to take. That ain't no evidence God's ready to take you to the next level. The evidence that you're ready to go to the next level is when God squeezes you in a test that shows you what you know. So you want to go higher in the Lord? Here's your prayer. Test me, God. Oh, y'all don't like this word. You, you want God to take you to the next level? Here's how you ought to pray. Give me the test that will show that I've learned what I need to learn. See, because God knows that there's more in you. Something greater in you. Something stronger in you. And God will test you to get you to realize it for yourself. You don't even know you are as strong as you are until you go through some stuff. You don't even know you can handle some of the stuff you can handle until you go through. I mean, do I have about 17 of y'all who could say, I didn't know I could handle that when it came on me. But after God took me through it, I learned some stuff about myself. I wish I had a I wish I had a witness in here who could say, I didn't even know I knew how to pray until I started catching that hell. I didn't know I could love everybody until some of them folks started getting on my nerves. I didn't know I could navigate through that until I went through it. Yeah. See, if you, all I'm trying to tell you is, if you want to know God at a deeper level and be used at a deeper level, you got to welcome the path and then do it. Now here's the other thing. Here comes your shout. Here's the other thing. This blessed me when Lord revealed it. God, God tells Abraham, kill your son. That's the craziest test I never heard. But here it is. Limitless faith needs 
limitless tests. It's awfully quiet in here today. If you want limitless faith that has no limits, you got to welcome limitless tests. This is a rough word in here this morning. See, see, you, you, you really don't know the limits of your faith until it's been stretched and tested. You will only find out how determined you are to stay in God's will when you are tempted and presented with a choice to do something other than what God wants you to do. You don't know how deep your faith is until you get tempted to do something other than what pleases God. Y'all ain't talking to me. Your faith ain't deep because you can quote scripture or you speak in tongues or you go to Sunday school. Child, please, that ain't deep faith. You know how deep your faith is when you are presented with a temptation to do something other than what God wants you to do. Watch this. And temptation means that the thing God doesn't want you to do, you want to do. It ain't temptation unless you like it. And it's not temptation until you're presented with it. So sometimes God's got to put what you like in your face to see whether you love him more than you like it. Now do I have any honest saints in here who say I done been there because I shown up like that. But I love the Lord more than I like that. Come on, y'all might as well be honest. Don't try to sit next to that neighbor like you ain't never been there. You ever been there before? I sure like that. I want to call them. I want to email them. I want to text them. I want to smoke it. I want to drink it. I want to go to that dance. I want to go to that party. But I love the Lord more than I love my flesh. And so, so watch this. So sometimes God will present you with an opportunity to engage in what you like. Oh, y'all don't like this. God said, I'm, 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 I know you got it in you to say no. I just need you to know it. All right. Here's the shout. If limitless faith brings limitless tests, touch your name, tell your neighbor, here comes your shout. Um, then limitless faith that brings limitless tests can lead to limitless possibilities. I thought I had a praying church. If I let the Lord push my faith by pushing me in tests, it'll push me into blessings that have no limit. 
Hey, let me move on. Let me move on. I ain't going to be long. Um, said he reasoned in his mind. Go back to the story in Genesis. Go back and read it when you get a chance. Um, text says that, that he started, started on that journey after he processed this thing. And he told, told the boys, y'all stay here. We're going to worship. Here's the second point. Based upon Genesis and based upon the Hebrew writers, uh, a dictation of the character of that story. Here's the second thing. Real worship is not to settle my mind, but because my mind is already settled. I don't worship to come to an answer. God help me. I worship because I got the answer and I need to worship to make sure I follow through with it. Have you ever been to a place in life where you, you, you came to the conclusion of what you need to do? And then after you came to the conclusion, you went into prayer. You weren't praying to come to the conclusion. You were praying because God, I done came to the conclusion and I don't like it. So I need your power to help me. Do come on, talk to me now. Huh? He, 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 he said in that book of Genesis in this story, he said, y'all stay here. We will go to worship. He, he's already thought through this thing and decided to be obedient to what God has asked. That ain't easy. Because that means he's decided to kill his son that he just got. See, worship will help you stay settled on what you have settled on. Boy, this is a rough word. Mm. You've settled to stay in that marriage. Now you need the power of worship. To help you stay on what you settled on. You settled to stay on that job. Now you need the power of worship to stay on what you settled on. Y'all ain't saying nothing, right? You settled that you got to forgive them for how they did you. Every time you see them, you want to slap so you need worship to not walk by them and not speak to them. Y'all don't want to talk to me. Worship helps you get in the posture of following through on stuff God has settled on you that you really don't want to do. Now, now, I, I'm not going to be long. Watch with, uh, 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 keep your finger at Hebrews, keep your finger at Hebrews, keep your finger at Hebrews, keep your finger at Hebrews. Go, go back over to Genesis. Go back, go, keep your finger there now, keep your finger there. Um, go back to Genesis chapter 22. That, Genesis chapter 22 is what Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 is based on, all right? Now go back, go back to Genesis 22. Abraham, Abraham, has, Abraham has settled his mind. I got to kill my son. I got to go over here and worship because I need the help of the Lord to do this that I don't want to do. Um, now watch this. Um, watch what he says. He says, um, um, all right, go down uh, to verse 5. He said to the servants, um, we're going over there to worship. 
Y'all stay here. Okay. Y'all see? Uh, me and the boy are going to worship. Y'all can't go with us. Okay. Because I got to go worship the Lord to get my mind straight to do what sound crazy. And everybody can't go with me into this worship. Because some folk might hear what I got to do and not be mature enough to handle what I got to do. Watch this. And I know it won't take much to get talked out of it. So I got to separate myself from the people who can talk me out of doing what God needs me to do. You got some people in your life who don't mean you harm, but they love you so much that they will harm you. Because they will try to keep you from doing things that don't make sense to them. God told you to stay in that marriage. But your siblings and your parents love you so much that they're telling you, walk away. But you know God told you, stay. God told you to stay on that job. But all your friends who've seen you struggle love you so much that they're telling you, you ain't got to put up with all that. But you know God told you to stay. So you got to be mature enough to shut them out and off until you get your heart set and ready to do what God told you to do. Huh. There are some people who can't get your ear in some seasons. Ain't nobody got to shout. I got to shout at the end. Just listen right now. Um, there are some people that are not trying to harm you, that love you, love you properly. But in maturity, you've got to know when to separate yourself from them. Because what God is calling you to do, they'll never understand. Now, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. The reason they don't understand it is because they wasn't with you when God talked to you. So if you wasn't in on the conversation, I can't expect you to understand it. So if you can't understand, you stay right over here and let me go handle my business. You, you, you can't worship with everybody. You, 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 you got to separate yourself sometimes. You got to be smart enough to know I do that in church. You, you won't sit by your girl because you ain't seen her all week. Y'all got stuff to catch up on. But you're trying to sit by in church. And God and Taylor made a word for the hell you've been catching. 
But because you sat by somebody that's going to distract you, you're going to miss your way. you got to be smart enough to say, they say, come sit over here. I can't sit over there today. I'll catch you after the benediction. Because I need a word from God today that's going to keep me from cussing somebody out, from hurting myself, from making a mistake. i got to sit where I can hear God's voice. You got to be able to separate yourself. Can't worship with everybody. Now here's the beauty of worship. The beauty of worship is that it's between you and God. So if it's between me and God, I'm going to help somebody right now. If it's between me and God, I can separate myself from you and sit next to you. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me in here. If worship is between God and myself, then I can sit by you and still be separated from you. How you looking at me, what you doing and not doing is not going to affect me. I'm so in my own zone with God. I'll shout in your face. I might even step on your toe. I'll scream. I'll holler. I'll do everything I need to do. Watch. Worship becomes important when you are caught in having to make a decision that you don't want to make and you've made the decision and come to the conclusion that you got to do what you don't want to do. <laughs> worship is important because it is in worship where you remind yourself of who God is and what God has done and what God has, son, has said. Now that's important because y'all, Abraham's got to be confused. Pray that you all enjoyed our podcast this week. Uh, we will continue to do our best to try and bring you one every week. Uh, I know that uh, we haven't had one in uh, in a couple of weeks, but um, we do apologize for that. Hope that you guys uh, can find it in your hearts to forgive us for not bringing that good quality content that you all are listening and looking for each and every week. But um, again, we will be back in service. On this upcoming fourth Sunday at 10 a.m., all are welcome to come and uh, enjoy the service along with the rest of the saints of House of Deliverance. Uh, but until then, we pray that you all have a blessed, fruitful, and productive week. Uh, uh, we are praying for traveling mercy, blood covering for all those who have to travel over the dangerous highways to get to and fro from work and to uh, any uh, any place else that you might have to go because we all know that it doesn't take a long journey for an accident to take place it could just be a ride around the corner for something to happen so we are definitely praying for God's blood covering over all of us uh, not just houses deliverance church members but also everyone in our surrounding area we uh, are looking forward to seeing you all on uh, this upcoming Sunday and once again, we pray that God will cover and keep you throughout this week. So until then, we will see you on the other side. We thank him for his love. We thank him for his love. Yes, child. I'm child.
Corre, quando eu saio, 